0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, non-owners finally start getting invited to configure their Model 3s. We get a good look at a white interior Model 3, plus how you can win a Musk-owned Model 3 by donating to charity and more. Hey friends. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and welcome to episode 134 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for February 25th, 2018. It's a late night edition. It is uh, 11 o'clock p.m. as I start to record. I literally just uh, flew back in from a business trip to Seattle. I uh, wanted to make sure... I was hoping I would be awake enough to do this, and because I didn't want to let it go till Saturday. I know a lot of the the uh, Patreon backers like to, to listen to the show early, so wanted to knock this thing out here we go. I've got fortunately I've got energy left uh, with good reason because it is a good week for Tesla owners and soon to be Tesla owners. We'll talk all about that in a second. but first real quick housekeeping note. I just wanted to follow up and say thank you to everybody who came out and chatted, asked a question at the uh, the little ask me anything uh, bit that I did on my patreon page. Last weekend or last Monday, I suppose it was on President's Day. If you happen to miss it uh, and you are curious, all the questions and answers are there for you to check out anytime you don't need a Patreon account. So if you do want to take a look at those, got about, I think it was, I counted them up. It was about 20 or 21 questions, all of which uh, got answered. The hour really flew by. I was typing the whole time. So check that out if you're interested at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Alright, so here we go. As you may have already heard, the news has spread like wildfire, and it may be affecting you personally if you waited in line on that first day on March 31st, 2016, uh, about, I guess it's 23 months ago, almost to the day, almost, that uh, the, now the first batch of non-employee, non-owner Model 3 invites finally went out this week, the magic date February 22nd, 2018. Mark that day down in Tesla history as uh, really the beginning of the mass market push. Now, of course, I say that (laughs) with the full understanding that they're only selling $49,000 on up cars right now. So uh, yeah, we're still a long ways from the $35,000 edition. But nevertheless, I think it is uh, uh, definitely a day to be remembered in Tesla history. And I have to say... It was weirdly anticlimactic for me personally since all I did was uh, I went went in and just clicked hold my place and went on with my day. but uh, <laughs> it's, it was it was a little odd because if you had told me, say three years ago before we knew any of the details about the car and about how the you know the, the delivery process, meaning the, the which cars were gonna come first, any of that stuff, say yeah, three years ago, if you'd have told me, that this email, the invitation to configure my car, would finally arrive, and yes, by the way, I did get an email, although the email didn't come through until late that night after I actually just went ahead and logged in in the morning when word was getting around that, oh, first, uh, the non-owner invites are going out, yay. I logged in, and sure enough, it was there. I was able to configure if I wanted to, so... Uh, but the email did come, and so hopefully you got yours as well. If you uh, or, and if you haven't, I would check. I would go ahead and log in to your My Tesla anyway, just in case to check. But but yeah, if you'd have told me a few years ago that I would get that email and I wouldn't be shouting with excitement and or crying when said email came in, I probably would have had to ask you what happened to me, man. <laughs> what what happened to me? It turns out. I'm just, of course, waiting for all-wheel drive and that white interior. Now, strangely, and I got a couple of calls about this and emails about this this week, the design studio shows mid-2018 for dual-motor availability. Like, at when you actually go into configure, and then if you, you know, you want cl- uh, it's, to, it's right there on the right-hand side. But the delivery estimator still shows late-2018 for me, so there's a discrepancy there. Now I'm inclined to think that the former, meaning the design studio, is either a mistake or just not updated. It's just a a verbiage that's not updated on a per customer basis, the way that the delivery estimator is. I'd love to be wrong about that, but uh, I I really I don't know. I just I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to play it play it cool here and not get too excited. I mean I would love to be moved back up to mid 2018 for my dual motor but uh, I, I just I get the feeling that that's not a live updated thing that that's just boilerplate text that's in there. Now also the fact that these first batch of invites went out on February 22nd tells me something else. It tells me that the recalibrated, first production delivery estimates that we all got a couple weeks ago after the, you know, when the delay kind of became official there, that that those estimates were, in fact, worst case scenarios. And I'm sure it was that way by design, since at this point, it would be borderline disastrous if Tesla had to delay people a third time. Because, you know, my... My window for first production is March to May. Uh, and if I had gone ahead and, and clicked and got in and ordered my car uh, on the 22nd, which was uh, what? That was Thursday. If I had done that, of course, being in California, it's, a, it's a, everybody is showing a three to six week delivery window. So if I'd gone through with it, as I'm sure many of you have, I heard from some of uh, several of you that did. I probably would have the car in mid-March, which is obviously on the very, very early side of that March to May delivery estimate. So that is a really, really good sign for the future. Uh, We'll see how things progress from here with with regard to, you know, people that didn't wait in line, didn't order on the—didn't reserve on the first day. Just sort of see how the dominoes fall after this, but this is this is the one we've all been waiting for. This is a, a big week. It was a big big day for for so many of us, and I just want to remind folks: please don't forget to call in with your reaction when you get your car. Uh, I realize that this podcast will not be your first priority, and I completely understand that you're going to be very excited about getting your car and telling your family and your friends and enjoying it for yourself. Uh, but when maybe maybe after you've kind of settled down a little bit. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, so give me a call when you uh, when that day comes, or or that uh, after after that day has come, I suppose. I if you if you have if you see it within yourself, if you have it within your heart to call in while you're still bubbling over with enthusiasm, that that would be ideal for the podcast to capture that emotion. Besides, you'd have it recorded too. Think of it that way. Anyway, uh, let's move on. In fact, let's hear from someone. It's uh, Bill in San Francisco, a first time caller who uh, got to celebrate his birthday in a particularly memorable way this uh, this past week. Bill, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan.
1: Uh, this is Bill uh, from San Francisco. First time I've called in, I uh, wanted to say, first of all, thanks so much for the podcast and all the work you do every week to bring us such great content. Secondly, just wanted to let you know that um, I uh, am a non-Tesla owner, have a Model 3 reservation, placed it on day one at the Fremont factory, and was one of the fortunate ones to receive uh, an invitation to configure. Mine came in on uh, February 22nd, my birth date, which is pretty exciting. I decided, uh, like you, I would prefer the dual motor and decided to uh, click the hold my place in line button and uh, understood that that Uh, will be available to me, um, mid 2018 when the email that I'd received from Tesla two weeks ago indicating that, uh, the reservation uh, was pushed back, uh, said late 2018. So a awesome change. And I hope you received the same invitation and uh, message that the dual motor looks like it's going to be available on, um, Uh, or in mid-2018. So anyway, thought that was some great news. I was very excited, at least. Take care. Thanks again.
0: I really hope we can get this cleared up because it is officially confusing. I'm in the same boat, Bill, as I mentioned, that, you know, in the design studio, it says mid-2018 for that dual motor, but uh, that delivery estimator still shows late 2018. It's possible that Tesla has rejiggered things again I mean, in that it's possible that the Model S delay that I'm going to talk about in a minute uh, on top of the Model X delay the previous week, last week, that's uh, maybe those two things are are indications that Tesla is completely clearing the decks tax credit wise in order to shift the focus uh, from the tax credit uh, perspective completely to Model 3 owners in an almost exclusive basis. So we'll see, but uh, happy birthday, Bill. That is a wonderful birthday gift for yourself. Now, next thing this week, also exciting for a lot of us, myself included, the white interior Model 3 was spotted again, this time with better photos. It has, uh, we're able to get a a real good look at it. It has the same light-colored headliner material that the black interior does, which I have to think is almost certain to be the final form. Tesla, in their, their history, has does not typically waste time with uh, things they're not going to do and testing out things they're not going to do. So, you know, when we go back, the, the early Model 3 betas that we saw running around the roads, uh, gosh, I guess this, this time last year, about this time last year, those cars... Inside and out were' identical to uh, what we got in the end here as the production model. so I have to think that the that light colored headliner material is going to be uh, how it is on the final production w- ultra white interior cars. It looks great uh, it does look great there's there's uh, nothing wrong with a, with the black interior uh, for me the The reason I'm excited about white I just I like. The, the look of white, it's, I think maybe to, for lack of a better term, the white interior in the S and the X, and now seeing it in the three as well, it just kind of looks a bit more premium to me. Maybe, maybe saying it looks more exotic would be the right word, which maybe I, in my head, attribute to being a little bit more premium. But, uh, yeah, the, the door panels, those sort of door inset panels, uh, which are, which are a sort of dark gray alcantara material on the black interior cars. Uh, it that's that panel; those panels are white on the white interior cars. I think it looks really good. The center console still black, uh, but yeah, the it, the I mean, it's basically it's the seats are all white. The the door, uh, as I said, those those door panel inserts uh, are white in the middle of the doors on the inside, obviously, and then uh, same same light color headliner. Then the other big thing is the uh the the dashboard piece you know it's the open pore wood on the black interior cars is in fact a white strip on the dash and the white interior cars but these pictures that that came out this past week were good but they weren't good enough to show off exactly what the this white strip on the dash what the material is and what the texture is, so that really is is the last question for me that needs to be answered about the white interior. Other than when will it be available, which I re- again fully expect to be exactly alongside the dual motor cars, because uh, that's they're being they're both being tested at the same time as I as I told you a couple weeks ago. So there you go. Great to see white. I can't wait to see it with my own eyes, which I uh, hope will happen in the not-too-distant future. Touched on this a couple minutes ago in the phone call, uh, the, rep- the reply to the phone call from Bill, but you'll recall that last week I told you that the Model X is now showing a June delivery date for new order orders, and that doesn't seem to make sense because the Model S was still showing the usual... Uh, delivery windows uh, showing March. So what could that possibly mean? Well, the picture is maybe a bit clearer this week. The Model S joined the Model X in that June delivery window, both the S and the X showing June deliveries for new orders. Tesla says that it's due to increased demand. Now, they're not necessarily wrong. I don't, <laughs> I'm not saying they're lying, but I really think this has got to be the interior refresh because I'll go ahead and tell you now that that is exactly the rumor that I heard and teased a few shows back that didn't end up panning out in the time frame that I was told it would be panning out. So that was it. I was, I had heard that there from a, you know, a, a, a Tesla source, but one that was relatively low on the totem pole, all things considered. And, and I guess plans changed or the timing changed, but I had heard that the S and the X would be getting a model three like interior redesign, you know, more premium interior uh, materials, uh, more creature comforts. And, uh, you know, that model, that's model three minimalism, I, I expect, I didn't get this confirmed, uh, but I expect that as I had predicted in my new year's Eve show, that the uh the screens will still be 17 inch, but they'll be the lan- the landscape orientation. So um because it makes sense if you think, well, maybe Tesla figures that now is the time to take the hit sales-wise by pushing back the S and the X, because it's a time when they can focus on the Model 3 ramp and then take maximum advantage of this the whole tax credit situation. You know, if they get if they prep the interior refreshes, you know that that involves all kinds of tooling. I, I don't pretend to be an expert in that, but you know, it's it's not an insignificant thing to redo the interior of a car that that's uh, especially two cars that that already have a, a relatively smooth production process. So that maybe it's it is all going to line up where Tesla's just just biding their time, using this time wisely to. Get all that tooling done to to get the refresh ready to go, and then just unleash it all right as the tax credit is about to uh, trigger on the phase-out, the 200,000th USA car delivered, and then they can just deliver a mass of cars, both S, X, and 3, uh, during that initial, particularly that, that initial phase-out when the $7,500 credit is still in effect, but... Uh, we'll see. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting data point here. So if you order a new S or a new X, you are not going to see it for, let's see, it's February, uh, at, at least basically three and a half months by Tesla's own estimate right now. Keep an eye on that. We'll check back in about three and a half months and see if we were right. We meaning, I'm not, not trying to use the, I'm using the royal we because a lot of people uh, wrote in got a couple calls about this as well. So I'm far from the only person to be, to be uh, thinking this way and going with this, this little conspiracy theory. Speaking of calls, let's take one from Omar in Greenville, South Carolina, who, uh, who has a little personal experience with this Model S situation going on right now. So Omar, take it away.
2: Hello, Ryan. This is Omar from Greenville, South Carolina, calling in. First time commenter, long time listener. Excuse the noise in the background. I'm a uh, music teacher and there's someone in the practice room next to me. I am chiming in regarding a comment you made uh, in your recent podcast about a Model X owner saying that he wouldn't receive his uh, order, his delivery, excuse me, until this coming July if he ordered uh, now. And I want to let you know I had a similar experience. I am a Model S owner and I had a friend who I managed to refer to purchase a Model S. He used my referral code and he purchased one last week and it was on a Wednesday and they said if he had ordered any later, like uh, even just a few days, that he would have to wait until July. He has an end of March delivery window, I believe. Um, they said it was due to how they um, switched the factory around to ship diff- to different parts of the world. So they're going to shift uh, production, I guess, to right hand drive or um, you know, for, to, to prepare new deliveries to other countries. Um, but with the, with what happened in the rest of your podcast regarding um, the discussion of the the tax credit and the discussion around deliveries in Canada sort of moving back that that um, delivery date, that that date that we hit the two hundred thousandth uh, delivery, can't help but wonder that maybe this is all one whole strategy to ensure that we hit 200,000, maybe even in Q3, so that when the standard battery comes out and production hits hopefully 5,000 a week, if not more, um, that the most people can take advantage of the credit. That is, after all, what they said they'd do, though we have no idea how any of this is going to (laughs) go because uh, Tesla's rather opaque about their process. Nevertheless, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the year unfolds, and thanks for taking the time for my call.
0: And that is the other most probable scenario, aside from an interior refresh. Thank you, Omar, for that call. But Tesla, being Tesla, meaning smart, I have to wonder if they're doing both—cranking out S and X to non-USA territories while also retooling the production line for a full interior redesign. Again, looks like we got about three, three and a half months when we should have a definitive answer to that one way or another. Next up on the news front this week, before we get to a whole bunch of excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls this week, and boy, there were so many, I had to kick several of them that were a little less time-sensitive to the uh, Patreon-exclusive bonus show that happens once a month. So if you don't hear yourself here, uh, odds are you you may find yourself on the Patreon show coming up anyway elon musk's brother kimball he has vin number six the sixth model three he was part of the july 28th batch uh it's a blue car with 19 inch stiletto wheels this the of course the wheels formerly known as sport wheels for a short time kimball is giving away his model three in an effort to raise money for his charity the charity is called big green and as it's described by kimball Big Green builds a healthier future for kids by connecting them to real food through a nationwide network of learning gardens and food literacy programs. Your donation will help Big Green establish a culture in schools that promotes youth wellness and reduce preventable diet-related health disparities. Just $50 can provide seeds, plants, and supplies for a single school's garden for a whole year, so think of the difference we can all make together. The more children who have the opportunity to learn, play, and grow in healthy communities, the more we can build lifelong healthy habits for kids. I went ahead and uh, did, the, I did a donation myself because why not? Why wouldn't I? I mean, that's, that's a win-win. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a good cause that I'm happy to contribute to personally. Uh, and obviously, if I happen to win his Model 3, that would be pretty darn sweet as well. There are a number of different dollar amounts that you can enter at, uh, from ten dollars on up, and each one, each tier, sort of gives you a certain amount of tickets into this raffle. So if uh, if you'd like more details, go to omaze.com. Omaze is the charity that's uh, or that's the the website. I, I've I've done stuff with Omaze before. They're, they're a known quantity. It's O-M-A-Z-E, so the word maze with the letter O on the front, omaze.com slash Tesla. I really hope that one of my listeners wins it. That would be awesome. The contest is running, well, it's not a contest, but the raffle is running through April 24th, so you've got two months uh, to, to enter. The winner is going to be announced on or about May 8th, so stay tuned for that couple more stories this week before I do move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Tesla was briefly hacked recently. A report via Electrek notes that hackers were trying to gain computing power in order to uh, use said computing power to mine cryptocurrency, which uh, if you're like, wait a minute, I've heard about cryptocurrency, that's Bitcoin and that kind of stuff. So in the process of that, of doing that, uh, hackers got into Tesla's cloud. There's a cloud security firm called Redlock said, "quote The hackers had infiltrated Tesla's. Uh, I'm not even. I'm not even going to be able to pronounce this right. So if you're a programmer or like a, a cloud systems person, and uh, and I slaughter this right now, I re- I'm really sorry. The, quote The hackers had infiltrated Tesla's uh, Kubernetes console, which was not password protected." With one Kubernetes pod, access credentials were exposed to Tesla's uh, Amazon Web Services environment, which contained an Amazon simple storage service bucket that had sensitive data such as telemetry, end quote. Tesla issued a statement in reply saying, quote, we maintain a bug bounty program to encourage this type of research, and we address this vulnerability within hours of learning about it. The impact seems to be limited to internally used engineering test cars only and our initial investigation found no indication that customer privacy or vehicle safety or security was compromised in any way, end quote. The, uh, you know, even though these hackers may not, these hackers may not have had bad intentions, Tesla, the reality is they're going to become a bigger and bigger target as time goes on because, you know, as their profile rises and their success becomes more widespread, heck, some hackers might even go after Tesla in the near or semi-near future just for the challenge of it. It's, I mean, this hacking, it is, to me, the biggest potential downside. Uh, There are not many downsides, but to me, it's the biggest potential downside to having the entire fleet of cars that are always connected, so it's uh, you know it's up to Elon and the team to always be vigilant about this stuff. I trust them. Elon has addressed this before. The, the Tesla team has addressed this before, and their sort of their strategy to it, which is a very proactive, very aggressive one. But yeah, I mean, I I do suspect this will not be the last that we'll hear about something like this. Uh, certainly not ever, and maybe not even this year. I mean, that's just the. The the way the world's moving and and the how fast Tesla's growing and their profile uh, gets bigger and bigger too. So it was an interesting little uh, little story this week, and one more story to close things out news wise. One more again from electric this time via Auto News Europe. Tesla is really starting to crush it in Europe. I did I did a similar story as this to this as last year, uh, given some numbers on how. The S and the X were faring in Europe. Well, we've got some new numbers for 2017 with 2017 now in the books. Model S sales were up 30% in Europe in 2017 versus its competitors. The Mercedes S-Class was up 3% and the BMW 7 Series down 13%. Now, on the Model X side, the SUV side, the premium SUV side, the Model X sales were even with the Porsche Cayenne and edged out the BMW X6 by about 2,000 units. And I got to tell you, you know, numbers like these are, in my opinion, what will finally get other car manufacturers to get serious about electrification, and that, you know, I. Hit them where it hurts, in the wallet. That's what happens. When when lunches get eaten, executives at other car companies start to take notice. I mean, Model 3 isn't going to have any sales any sales figures in Europe for 2018. But 2019 should be interesting to compare the Model 3 to the BMW 3 Series, the Audi A4, and the Mercedes C-Class. That is, uh, it is going to be very interesting to see how the Model 3 fares against those against th- those cars on their home turf. All right, that's it for the news this week. But again, I hope you'll stick around because there are a whole bunch of awesome calls from you guys in the Ride the Lightning hotline. We'll do those right after this. I invite you always to participate in the Ride the Lightning hotline. You can call in in a couple of different easy ways I'll tell you about in a second with your Tesla questions, comments, discussion topics, etc. You can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder and just record something on there and send it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can dial the toll-free ride the lightning hotline all you're doing is calling in leaving a message super simple that number is 1-888-989-8752 that's 1-888-989-TSLA and of course if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday anniversary graduation or some other special occasion you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you're curious, visit LifeOnRecord.com to learn more. Let's go to Chris in Los Angeles first, who calls in with a really helpful walkthrough of the California state tax credit. Uh, Now that a bunch of us are going to start taking deliveries of Model 3s, and I happen to know from my statistics, my metrics, that a, a huge chunk of my audience is in California Figured this would be a useful thing because Chris has actually done it. Chris, walk us through. Hi Ryan,
3: it's Chris from Los Angeles. Uh, in regard to how the California twenty five hundred dollars tax system um uh, he mentioned, or I guess the uh, things that it could be tied, and I can see how this was a bit confusing for the more as, as the federal tax and it goes and happens during the tax season. Um, well, the $2,500 uh, tax incentive for California is something you file online with the DNC or the uh, state. Uh, it's a website that you'll be given upon receiving electronics or uh, an electric vehicle. Um, as a current EV owner, uh, I did it. It's actually, the state of California is actually pretty fast. Uh, usually, take out pretty slow on pretty much anything, especially when it comes to d and motor vehicles. Uh, but this is actually pretty quick. I think it took me, uh, after filling off the form, about four weeks, and I got a $2,500 check it. So it's very simple. So, Marnie, you're living in California and you, you uh, go online and file it. Uh, with more EVs on the road, it could be longer than four weeks now. But just know that filling out, filling out the form online and uh, not too long afterwards, you will be the check Make sure you uh, monitor the mailbox like a hawk after you fill out the form online.
0: All right, that's
3: it. Thanks, Ryan.
0: I love informative calls like this. Thank you so much, Chris. I don't have anything to add, uh, except that I appreciate you sharing what that process is like. Because again, as I sort of mentioned before your call... Uh, I've got a lot of California listeners out there, including myself, that are going to need to go through this themselves. So I appreciate you sharing that, Chris. Let's move next to Vinay from Toronto. Got a chance to see the Model 3 up close and personal at the Toronto Auto Show. Vinay, what'd you think of the car?
4: This is Vinay from Toronto. As the Model 3 rollout uh, advances, your show is getting more and more exciting every week. So I had uh, the pleasure of actually seeing the Model 3 in person yesterday for the very first time. Um, I didn't expect it, but it's uh, there at the, on the show floor at the Toronto Auto Show that just started, and uh, I got to really take my time and examine the car, sit inside, open the front open the trunk, and here are some of my... Uh, impressions the car on the show floor is a red car which uh, i can see why you're going that route it looks really really good the interior was uh i felt i would be uh underwhelmed by the interior but maybe because the expectations were set low i thought the interior was quite nice nice the screen looks fantastic it's super bright super clear and i was pleasantly surprised by how good the touch response is the touch response is, re- is really really good uh, I mean, it puts every other car just, you know, a, a complete generation away. And even the things like I opened and cl- I, I used the, the touchscreen to open and close the charging port. And that seemed to be uh, pretty immediate. Uh, I did find that when I, op- I opened the trunk from inside, the frunk from inside, I couldn't close it well from the outside after that. Uh, the other I played with the stereo the stereo sounds really really good which uh, a few other people I think have mentioned uh, and uh, o- overall I was very very happy to see how the car is it seems to be the right size it looks really nice uh, the seats are comfortable the interior uh, is it, it feels spacious there's lots of uh, storage space in the center console uh, overall I'm really really excited to finally uh get my uh delivery window and and to actually get the car one day and start driving it though that might be six months or a year away anyway really really enjoying the show keep it keep it up uh and thank you for uh taking my call bye
0: the red is striking isn't it tesla red is to me it is something else it interestingly Tesla's multi-coat red wasn't available at the very launch of the Model S, and its original name was Sunset Red, which I don't think is necessarily a super accurate description of it, honestly. To me, it's more of a fire engine red, honestly, and to me, it fantastic. I remember when I first saw it in person, uh, by the way, I I don't think pictures quite do multi-coat red justice, I was blown away. And I've been just dead set on it ever since. I'm glad you got to see it, especially up in Canada, where obviously none of the stores have the showroom cars yet. So thank you so much, Renee, for calling in. Let's go next to our friend Jerome in Northern California, uh, responding to, uh, he's, a, he's a fellow big guy. So if uh, the, the big and tall uh, section of the audience chiming in on, uh, on their thoughts on each of Tesla's vehicles. Here's Jerome to give his opinion.
5: Hey, Ryan, this is Jerome up in Northern California, about two and a half hours north of San Francisco. I have a couple comments that I wanted to make um, based on some of the things that I heard on your show uh, last week. And one of them was a large gentleman claiming that uh, he was concerned about climbing into the vehicle, so he was able to test the three different models and uh, had some feedback. I also am large, 6'4", about 300 pounds. And as he was describing his Experience. I was starting to think about what I had um, experienced when I was sitting in the cars in uh, Corte Madera. The Model X and the Model S front seat, um, I don't remember any sort of concern or discomfort in getting in and out. Um, However, in the back seat of the Model S, I do recall that it was rather difficult for me to get in and out. And I mention that only because there's probably some people out there that are my size, and also uh, have not had the opportunity to sit in the car, so I throw that out there for people to contemplate. Um, the Model X is easy to get in and out of the back seat; uh, it's not a concern, but the Model S was, was not easy for me, which makes me think that Model 3 is probably not going to work for me um, at all. So I'm probably leaning towards the Model S. So that was a very interesting comment that the gentleman made because I didn't really even stop to think about that. Um, the second thing that I wanted to throw out there for people is that you know the kids love to play slug bug or punch buggy or whatever you want to call it when they see a VW Volkswagen bug. Um, we started one, my son and I, because my son has been trained to spot cars with no exhaust pipes. Um, we play Tesla Tickle. So for all of you parents out there that want to start Tesla Tickle, uh, the kids seem to really love it. It's a great show, Ryan. Keep it up. And uh, thanks for keeping
0: me awake on my drive home Sunday evenings. Careful with the Tesla tickle, Jerome. You don't want to get tickled by your son, such that you accidentally swerve into another lane. I'm joking, of course, but uh, but I'm, I guess autopilot does make a Tesla tickle game a bit of a safer proposition if you do have autopilot engaged on the highway. And yeah, my my daughter is trained to spot the uh, S's and X's, and actually, she's she's pretty good uh, about the Roadsters too. Since we were lucky enough to babysit Joe Edgel from Emotion Rentals' uh, uh, Roadster since he, you know, it, it, it he bought it from out here and and I hung on to it for a week. <laughs> My daughter got pretty good at IDing Roadsters, too, because, you know, you do still see them around here from time to time in the Bay Area since this is obviously Tesla's home turf, but she hasn't quite been trained up on the three yet because we haven't seen enough of them. Like, I have pointed them out to her when we've seen them, but... Uh, she hasn't, she hasn't quite gotten up to speed there. We're working on that one, but it's funny though. When, when she does see an SX or Roadster, she, she just yells out Tesla. And I always applaud her for noticing them. So cheers to you, Jerome. Let's go next to Jonathan in Toronto, who got a chance to see the, uh, the model three by crossing the border, uh, into the United States and checking out the car in New York city. Jonathan, you're on the air.
6: Hey Ryan, Jonathan from the Toronto area calling. I'm one of those Canadians who had their reservations moved up into the mid 2018 timeframe. And I was lucky enough because I just got back from New York City and visited the Tesla store. There was no lineup. Uh, and in fact the staff uh, when they found out about my reservation being, being moved up They were actually in shock uh, But they were pretty happy because they had said hey listen We've had to fend off sad or disappointed reservation holders all week. So talking to you is quite a treat So quickly my thoughts things. I love the look it's 100% better in person compared to any of the videos I've seen on YouTube the view from the driver's seat and the minimalist dash was amazing and then finally that back window I was just in awe when I sat in the back things i'm not really sure about one it seemed like the floor of the car was really high for some reason when i jumped into the driver's seat uh and i'm eleven, it felt like getting into a go-kart now i'm going to assume this is something i'm i'm going to get used to and probably going to have to raise the seat more but i'd love to know if you or your listeners have had similar experience with the model 3 uh and then the second thing i'm still a little unsure of is that ui the uh it did seem overwhelming But I'm going to chalk it up to being inexperienced, new to kind of the Model 3 and the Tesla world, and assume it's going to be second nature after driving for a few days, weeks, months, etc., so that's my story i'm off to the canadian international auto show actually to get another peek in the car um but i don't think at the this show they're actually letting people get into the uh, into the model three anyways ryan thanks for doing such a great job on the podcast you keep me company on sundays when i tend to shovel snow in the winter or when i'm mowing my lawn in the summer take care uh talk soon bye
0: thank you jonathan I can't say I thought the seating position felt high to me. Uh, I hopped right from my own ICE into Michael from Milbray's Model 3 a couple weeks ago, and then after we had taken our drive, right back into my old car, and I really didn't notice anything. I'm curious if, if Jonathan, if you've ever sat in a Model S, and if so, did you feel the same way about that car? As now, because, you know, the 2170 cells are taller, but they're not that much taller. So I I wonder, I would be curious about that. As to the UI, yeah. I mean, it's going to be the biggest difference, in my opinion, for people who've never been in a Tesla before, especially with the Model 3 not having an uh, instrument cluster in front of the driver. It's going to seem pretty alien to a lot of folks. So it's up to Tesla to do things like creating tutorial videos, or otherwise figuring out good ways to orient and onboard folks into the Model 3. Currently, that job falls to the delivery specialists, but that can only scale so high With, with uh, you know, when Model 3 hits its full production. I also wonder if the UI might improve a lot in the coming months as deliveries ramp up, as Elon has recently said that the Model 3 software is a super high priority right now. Thanks Jonathan, let's go to our friend DJ in North Central Ohio, responding to a call from I believe it was last week, uh, if not the week before at the absolute latest, regarding the all glass roof in a cold weather climate, so DJ, you're on the air.
7: Hey Ryan, DJ in lovely North Central Ohio, uh, wanted to call and respond to uh, the gentleman that was concerned about the all glass roof and the cold rather than the heat. Uh, I am a not a Model 3 owner, I am a Model S owner, but I have the panoramic roof and I living in Ohio uh, have around the new year got the experience minus 9 degree temperatures uh, coming home from New Year's one night. Uh, and, and your short answer is, any concerns you have uh, about cold coming off the, uh, the glass roof, uh, you don't have any. Uh, even with minus 9 degree temperatures, I didn't notice my head getting cold. And even now as I'm driving down the highway at 34 degrees, uh, I'm putting my hand up to the to the roof, and you really don't feel anything until you actually touch the glass. So, just put that concern to rest, and hope uh, hope that man can uh, get his Model Three soon. Talk to you later. Thanks for the show, Ryan.
0: Thank you very much, DJ. It was Matt from Cincinnati who was the caller who phoned in with that. So, Matt and potentially other folks out there who may have had the same concern there in the form of DJ from North Central Ohio is a gentleman who is living through a chilly winter and can reassure you via his Model S that, with, his, with the glass roof that your Tesla will not, fortunately, will not freeze your scalp. Next is Tim from San Diego, who has uh, two points that he would like to see. He says Tesla needs to do two things to help achieve the company's mission. Tim, what do you got?
8: Hello, Ryan. Tim from San Diego. Like most of your listeners, Ryan... I want Tesla to be a big success, but after listening to last week's program, it's clear. There are two things Tesla isn't doing, but should be doing to better achieve the Tesla mission and grow the company. First, regarding the Model 3 and Tesla giving priority to current owners over non-owners, regardless of place in line. I understand Tesla wanting to reward early adopters for supporting the company, but Current Model S and Model X owners already are, by an overwhelming number, big fans and loyal supporters of Tesla. They've had the Tesla experience. They know firsthand how special Tesla is. They won't abandon Tesla if they are asked to wait their turn in line. By doing this, Tesla is preaching to the choir. Why give preference to people who are already Tesla converts? Tesla needs more total converts, a.k.a. more Tesla owners. The company should be getting vehicles into the hands of new people who do not already own a Tesla. That's the way to grow the Tesla family. Second, instead of first making available the standard $35,000 Model 3, Tesla is first making available the premium Model 3, which is substantially more expensive. I agree with your response to caller Joe last week that the bulk of the people in the Model 3 line want the standard battery. Most members of the public continue to perceive the Tesla as a pricey vehicle for the well-to-do, for the elite. What the public needs to see are people of modest means, the average folk buying and driving Teslas. The message should be, Electric driving in a Tesla is not just for the elite few, but for electricians, plumbers, secretaries, nurses, teachers, everyday people who want to buy an affordable new car. Imagine what excited Tesla spokespeople such Model 3 owners would be. Tesla would truly broaden its appeal by doing more to court these car buyers who may be on tight budgets, but really want to drive electric. One other thing, why set things up to give the full federal tax credit to current Tesla owners who, in most cases, don't really need the credit to afford a Model 3? This seems backwards. Tesla should be prioritizing the people that truly need the full $7,500 tax credit as well as any state incentives to make Tesla ownership feasible at all. In California, the tax credit plus the $2,500 state rebate means that someone who would have become, say, a Toyota Camry owner, instead could easily become a Model 3 owner. Tesla should be doing what it can to turn the dream of Tesla ownership into a reality for these car buyers at the margins. So, the questions remain, Ryan. Why do current owners have priority, and why isn't the standard battery car hitting the market first? I look forward to your thoughtful commentary on these two points. Let's get through production hell together and thank you for continuing to make Ride the Lightning a great listening experience.
0: The more early Model 3s get out there and the more I read on forums, the more I am reasonably convinced, and I, don't, I really don't mean this in any kind of derogatory way, but I kind of feel like the existing owners who, who did get these cars first kind of are the beta testers. By, and, you know, by letting the non-owners in first, which you're right, Tim, that would bring the, uh, the, the non-believers into the tent. You're risking them having a bad experience at, at, the, at the early uh, part of production. And thus, if they have a bad experience, they might get turned off to electric cars forever. And I suppose the tax credit even though uh, you're right that maybe a lot of those existing Tesla owners don't need it quite as much as some of the non-owner Model 3 buyers do, that that tax credit maybe is kind of like Tesla's make good for, for uh, having those, owner, those existing Tesla owners be Model 3 beta testers in a sense. The thing is that even though I agree with everything you said, Elon would probably tell you that all of that can and will still happen after they sort the ramp and any early build issues and or part issues uh, out. uh, They get all that stuff sorted out using the existing owners who are, of course, already proven to be friendly to Tesla. Uh, And at least the good news is this concern is something of a moot point now uh, as this week, of course, the, the first wave of non-owner non-employee invites to model 3 finally went out the door got a few more calls here for you we're not done we got mike in boston replying to my comment from last week about the uh, model 3 backup camera and how i am not super thrilled about it mike what do you say hey
9: ryan it's mike from boston how you doing Hey, I'm uh, in the midst of listening to episode 133, and you were speaking about the backup camera on the Model 3 um, that you were fortunate enough to get a a little more ride time in. I have a question. Why doesn't Tesla have blind spot indicators uh, built in to, say, like my wife's uh, Audi A3 (coughs) has these little yellow um uh lights for lack of a better term built into the side view mirrors <clears throat> that if you put on your turn signal to go change lanes and there's a car that is going to be in the way it will flash at you. Um and it's really handy because that car has terrible visibility also because of the C pillar just like uh, I'm assuming all the Teslas do. So I'm wondering how difficult that would be or if that's something they could retrofit. They have all those cameras. It seems like that would be an easy thing to do, and it's really handy. I use it in my wife's car all the time. Um, All right, that's my question. Thanks again for the podcast. You are awesome. Uh, You do such a great job with it, and I know you put a lot of work into it, so thank you. Uh, Have a great week.
0: I couldn't agree with you more, Mike. I think this is the one daily use safety feature rather than the safety features that you hope you never have to use in a, in a Tesla or any other car. Uh, but yeah, I think this is the one daily use safety feature that Teslas lack that they should absolutely have for a company that prides itself on the impeccable safety of its cars. The good news is that it may be coming. This comes uh, via a Tesla Motors Club forum thread. Uh, the user there named Anxiety Ranger posted in a rumor thread. So just total rumors here. Nothing, nothing we can uh, say concretely. But uh, this person said on the autonomous vehicles subforum, a user named Very Green has been reporting on the maturing of normal networks in this area, meaning blind spot detection, and now uh, the fact. that that the cars seem to have started calibrating the side repeater cameras ostensibly for this purpose. And this is being done via some hacking methods to sort of see what the Tesla cameras are doing at any given time. So let's hope that this is indeed happening, because I tell you, when I see that another driver has them, like when I see that orange or red light pop in a in someone's side mirror as I'm, like, coming by them, it, it actually comforts me it makes me feel safer and feel better that the the odds of them like deciding to merge into me because they've randomly decided to change lanes goes way down because they've got that uh, that indicator there to warn them that that's a bad idea so i hope tesla will will uh, add that feature to the entire fleet here in the not too distant future let's go next to david in carmel indiana uh, wondering with a with a very good question that's going to apply to uh, all of us Model Three owners, uh, either future, either near to be or soon to be or someday. So, David, what do you got?
9: Hey, Ryan, this is David from Carmel, Indiana. Thanks for the podcast, especially the quarterly earnings reports and all the special events. Those are awesome episodes. I was calling to um, see if you had any extra information on this topic i had recently commented on a light tesla uh, video and i had assumed falsely perhaps that the referral program would only be for model s and x owners and they seem to indicate that model three owners would also be able to participate in at least some sort of referral program and i was just wondering if you had heard anything about this or had any extra information to add Uh, Thanks a lot for the podcast, and I look forward to hearing future episodes. Bye.
0: This is an excellent question, David. And in fact, I've been asked this a few times recently. To the best of my knowledge, which is not in this case to be taken as gospel for right now, Model 3 owners who do not also own an S or an X do not get a referral code to participate in the referral program. I had heard this previously Uh, Can't quite remember where, uh, but Michael from Milbrae, he sort of reasonably, I think, I'm fairly confident that this is a confirmation, though, again, it could change in the future, it could come online later, so don't quote me on this just yet, but when he traded in his ex for the three, he no longer has a referral code to use. So we'll get this question pretty definitively answered here in the next, uh, I guess, like two to three weeks as those first wave of non-owners take delivery and become Model 3 owners. But I realize that this is probably not the answer you were hoping for, but I hope that does clarify it with you, or for you, I should say, with some level of confidence. We've got, let's see, still a few more calls to get to. Let's go to Camille from Vancouver. Wants to talk about all-wheel drive and the battery options attached to that
10: in the design studio right now. So, Camille, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Camille from Vancouver, Canada. Thanks for the great podcast. Love hearing your opinion. Love the fan engagement. My question today is regarding Canadian reservation holders. As you mentioned on your show previously, many of the Canadian reservation holders got their delivery dates moved up to mid-2018 as long as they choose First production model or an all wheel drive model. What I find interesting is when you click on the all wheel drive model, it also says if you get that model, you can choose between 220 miles of range and 310 miles of range. I find that a little odd that they're giving you the choice because the standard battery won't be available in the base model till early 2019. So I'm wondering if they're going to change that, but at the same time, I'm a little confused why they wouldn't change that right away, it's kind of creating a little bit of false hope for customers. I'm personally looking for an all-wheel drive standard range battery, so I'm hoping the information that the way it's up right now stays true to form. Uh, as a lot of British Columbians are trying to figure out whether they'll catch the incentives in time as well up here, because the government of British Columbia has a limited amount of funds reserved for incentives. And once those funds run out, there'll be no more incentives. So, love to get your opinion on that. Thanks again, Ryan. Love the podcast. Thanks for the
0: call, Camille, and I'm glad you brought this up because this is absolutely worth addressing. Kind of touched on it earlier, but the Design Studio does indeed show dual motor as a choice of 220-mile or 310-mile battery. However, given the universal and significant delay of the rear-wheel drive standard battery, I have to think that that's legacy copy uh, on, on the Design Studio that just didn't get updated. I would not personally for a moment expect to be able to choose standard battery if you happen to be going for a dual motor car in mid 2018 i think this is going to get updated as soon as tesla realizes that it's still there i mean i i hope i'm not bursting your bubble on this uh i feel like i probably probably am but um you know this is just sort of what the current facts all point to I, I could be wrong, and maybe somehow, some way, Tesla is going to offer a standard battery configuration in mid-2018 if you're pairing it with a dual motor, but I, I just really don't think so, because I feel like otherwise they would just be offering the regular $35,000 standard battery option. Next is Antonio from Lake Elsinore, California, uh, has a
11: theory on the Model X production delay. Antonio, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Antonio from Lake Elsinore, California. Um, On episode 133, you mentioned that uh, deliveries for Model Xs are uh, for people who place their orders today are being delayed until around uh, mid-2018, if I'm not mistaken, around June or July. Um, I have a theory for that. Perhaps uh, Tesla has uh, two production lines at the factory where they produce the S's and X's. And the reason for the delay on the delivery of the X's is that they're only using one of those lines for a few months. Now, why would they do that? Well, maybe they're upgrading the other line to start producing new models with perhaps redesigned interior uh, and maybe even exterior upgrades to bring these old models more um, in line with the model three so that's my theory thanks for the show Um, keep it up talk to you later
0: i have to say antonio i liked that theory until the model s also saw the same delay this week as i covered earlier in the show tesla as i said is calling it increased demand which isn't completely out of the question of course But given the tax credit situation and the rumors of the interior redesign, I'm personally not buying it. I mean, I well, I am, but increased demand can still be true and be a smokescreen for those other things. So again, we will find out in the coming few months or so. Let's take it home. Two more calls. Next is Steve from Toronto, who uh, wants to teach us a little bit about Model 3's permanent magnet motors. Uh, and how that might factor into the upcoming performance version of Model 3. Steve, you're on the air.
12: Hey, Ryan, this is Steve from Tokyo calling for the second time. In episode 133, you mentioned the dual motor and the performance version of the Model 3, probably coming out soon because all they have to do is just plop in the bigger motor. But I have a different idea. You know um, that the Model S, X, and as well as the Roadster, the original one, are using an induction motor and Model 3 and the Tesla Semi is using a permanent magnet motor. The difference between these two motors is that with an induction motor you need to run the current through to uh, create a magnetic field whereas with a permanent magnet motor uh, you already have a magnetic field so it works much more efficiently at lower ends. However, since the magnetic field is always fixed, uh, you you don't change that with the magnets. So um, at the top end, it lacks power, unlike the induction motor, where it can just uh, increase the magnetic field by increasing the current you run through it. This is important for a performance car I believe. So I think that the dual motor version would probably or for, for the uh, Model 3 would probably come out with, sooner with uh, two identical permanent magnet motors in front and back, but maybe the performance version of Model 3 is going to have an induction motor for high performance. Maybe um PM motor in the front and uh, induction motor in the back for optimum balance between range and performance. Let me know what you think and thanks always for the great show. Keep up the good work. Thank you.
0: That's as good a theory as any, Steve. And by the way, thank you for that really clear, concise explanation of the difference between the S and X's induction motors and the Model 3's permanent magnet motors. That was really helpful, and I think some folks may have learned a little something with that call. I know I did, honestly. Uh, anyway, what you su- suggest is entirely possible, would Tesla use the same big ol' performance motor that's in the S and the X to drop into the rear of the three. I don't know, but that would be pretty amazing because that would be like Chevy dropping a Corvette V12 into a Camaro, which I'm pretty sure Chevy does, actually, on either the Camaro SS or maybe it's the LS1, one of those Camaro, higher-end Camaro variants. Anyway, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what the performance version is what it can do, and of course, when it will be released. Fingers crossed. Please let it be sooner rather than later. Please. All right. Final call is uh, another Steve. Steve's represent this week. Steve from Northern Virginia got his invitation to configure this week uh, and wanted to comment on that, in a, in a adding, adding a little interesting poetic note to this. So Steve, you're on the air.
13: Hey Ryan, this is Steve from Northern Virginia. First time caller, but I have been listening to your podcast since day one. I just want to share with you that we just received the configuration email on February 22nd and we configured our Model 3 right away. The estimated delivery time is three to six weeks from now. Um, I'm a non-owner on the East Coast. My delivery window was March to May, 2018. Um, I stood in line since 4 a.m. on March 31, 2016, and was probably the 20th person in line to put on my deposit. If the delivery estimate is correct, we may take delivery right around the second anniversary since I waited it in line. Because the car was for my wife, and uh, I have also put her contact information on my Tesla account since day one. The invite was actually delivered to her inbox instead of mine. It's like somehow Tesla knows who this Model 3 is belong to. Too bad that I couldn't keep it as a secret for her for the last two years. I hope that this update will bring you and all other reservation holders some much needed hope. If you haven't received your invites by now. Um, They are coming. They are coming to all the non-owners. I uh, enjoyed your company in the last two years. Awesome podcast. Please keep up with the great work. Cheers.
0: Boy, you're right, Steve. It's going to be almost two years to the day that a lot of the first non-owner Model 3s get delivered. It's a bit poetic, I suppose, even if I, even if we all would have been quite happy to forego any poetic anniversary and just have them in our garages two months ago. But uh, nevertheless, congratulations to you and your wife. Please call in again when you get the car to let me know what both of you think about it. So good stuff, Steve. Thanks to all of you who participated and called in on the Ride the Lightning Hotline this week. I invite everybody to do so again. There's always plenty to talk about. You can either, again, record something on your smartphone's built-in voice recorder and just email the recording to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call in to the toll-free Ride the Lightning Hotline. You just call in and leave a message anytime, day or night. That toll-free number is one 888 989 87 five two i really want to go to bed so i'm going to wrap things up with after with a couple quick plugs and mentions right after this before i do go to bed i want to mention a few awesome folks starting with immaculate reflections if you are getting ready to take delivery of that model 3 uh, maybe you're in the bay area or you're picking up at the factory Immaculate Reflections, irdetailing.com. They're in Brentwood, California, not too far from the Tesla factory. Uh, if you want to think about protecting that bi- a brand new, beautiful Model 3, whether it's new car delivery prep, uh, paint protection film, paint correction, uh C-Quartz finest ceramic coating, any of it, all of it, whatever you want to do, check them out, irdetailing.com, and or look them up on Yelp or uh, Instagram at immaculate underscore reflections on those platforms. You can use my cousin Pat's referral code if you're buying an S or an X and get yourself, of course, free unlimited lifetime supercharging on that S or X. The code is Patrick5008. If you're doing it yourself in a web browser as opposed to seeing a sales advisor in a Tesla store, just type in ts.la slash Patrick5008. Uh, Abstract Ocean... Actually, in lieu of just the regular Abstract Ocean mention this week, I actually wanted to play a call from Dave in Atlanta, who wanted to talk about his experience with Abstract Ocean. Dave, go ahead.
8: Hey, Ryan, it's Dave from Atlanta here. I just wanted to pass along what an amazing experience I had with Abstract Ocean. I used the code from the show to buy some screen protectors for when I received my Model 3, and they shipped them quickly, but my mail carrier ignored all three places where the packaging said do not bend. The folks at Abstract Ocean really surprised me at how well they worked to make things right when my screen protectors were damaged and it wasn't their fault. Uh, I wanted to publicly thank Abstract Ocean on your podcast, as well as encourage your listeners to use your code to order from them as well.
0: Thanks. Dave, thank you for that, not only because it'll make the Abstract Ocean folks happy to hear that, but you know, too often we only take the time as people to complain when something goes wrong, and we, we often don't take the time to call out good things, so I'm really, really happy to hear that you had a great experience, and uh, if you would like to check out Abstract Ocean, listeners to this show get, of course, the 20% discount off of your first order, so Get everything you want to get, get it all in your cart, and then use the coupon code RTL Podcast at checkout for that twenty percent discount. RTL Podcast, all one word on that. Patreon, of course, I'm on Patreon. Uh, for those of you who wanted to uh, support my efforts via Patreon, it's always super appreciated. You can go anytime you want. Just check the page out, uh, see what's doing over there. Maybe you'll want to contribute, maybe not. But it's Patreon.com/slash/TeslaPodcast. Again, you'll also find uh, the, the Q&A, the, the AMA from uh, last week. If you missed any of that, you can read back through it. And I want to thank the Patreon producers, the kind folks who support my efforts on the podcast at the $20 level or higher each and every month. Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael Opray, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, John Lasher, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Sean Fournier, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenschein, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Orion Coates, Peter Chalet, Harold Pluge, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, Rome Strack, David Vakiel, and our newest Patreon producer. Hello and thank you to Ulrich Lassa. That about wraps it up. Most of you hopefully subscribe to the podcast already on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, But if not, please do so. It's on subscribable on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, and then there's the regular podcast hosting site where you can get individual show downloads or uh, subscribe to the RSS feed there as well. It's Teslapodcast.libsen.com, Libson spelled L I B S Y N. You can follow me on Twitter. If you're interested in that I'm at DMC underscore Ryan, and you can always email me. The show email address is Tesla podcast at gmail.com. I want to thank everybody for helping me with a great show this week with all your excellent phone calls and feedback. It's always appreciated. Uh, It really, really is another busy week at Tesla it's there's there's almost never a dull week that's what's been maybe the most surprising like when i first started to do this i wanted to do it weekly and i thought okay well you know some weeks are probably going to be slow and the slow weeks have really been few and far between especially in the last what i don't know year or more so there's always something fun to talk about with tesla and i appreciate each and every one of you giving me the time Uh, in your life, you know, a good hour or so each and every week. So thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring. Enjoy, have have fun configuring those Model 3s if you were in that first wave of the non-owner invites. And I'll be back with you, of course, next week.